Welcome to Geek Sweat. This is Dom's Docs, the section where I, King Dom, talk about recent and noteworthy documentaries. Joining me, as ever, are TJ. Howdy doody. And in a first for Geek Sweat, we are super excited to throw it open with Carsonet Wide. We're bringing in other podcasters from all around the world. Today, we are joined by MDK Productions all the way from Ireland. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, the pleasure is all ours. Super excited to have you here. Great to have you on, guys. So today we're looking at a recent documentary, a 2021 documentary called A Glitch in the Matrix. Kind of an unusual one. The premise of this documentary is the theory inspired by the popular film The Matrix that, in fact, what we experience to be real life is a simulation Unusual theory that apparently has many, many followers and adherents. So I'm going to throw this open to the MTK guys, first of all. Like, were you aware of this theory before? And what was your response to how it is explained in the documentary? Uh, will I go first or no? Or do you yeah, you go, go ahead there, Vin, if you sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I've heard heard of the simulation theory before i heard about uh elon musk speaking about it on joe rogan experience um i've heard about it kind of in different circles i know philip k dick is a big proponent of it and stuff that there's uh it's kind of like i'm a big science fiction head so i have looked into the way science fiction has bled into science fact and and the way the real world is uh, imitated uh art and stuff like that and i think like to me, it, it's kind of explained well at the start of the movie where they explain that, like, how we try to explain things is the most advanced level of technology we have at that time. And back in the days of the Roman times, that Roman they used aque- uh, aqueducts to explain um, uh, the movements through the body, like, you know, it was like uh, water and everything was fluid yeah. and stuff like this. And nowadays we have high level uh, simulations and high level uh, virtual realities. Um, because we're becoming more secular, as the movie said, and less away for, uh, less religious, that we're looking for a way to explain our own mortality or our afterlife. And if we don't believe in heaven or hell, then we're looking at our most advanced technology and we're looking at real world examples of things that are kind of unexplainable, inexplicable. That we look at the simulation in the same way that people back in the day looked at religion. And they look at the way a spiritual afterlife and we're looking at more as a, like a digital afterlife, you know. So I can see the the equivocations. Appeal. Yeah, I can see the appeal and the equivocations and the reasons for it, you know. So it does make sense in a lot of ways, you know. I, I think before everything was a conspiracy theory, this might have dragged <laughs> me in. <laughs> but now that everything is a conspiracy theory, hmm. um, I think... Uh, yeah, it was a really extremely well put together, Doc. And I, I think for me, just a great thought exercise. Hmm. Although I do think that it was also an example of when people start looking for things, yeah, yeah. you'll find them. Yeah. And if you go, was one guy talking about, he works on days of 12 and every third 12 day, it would be something about his job would happen. And every second one, it'd be something about his personal life. And these patterns would be there. And for me, it just boiled down to like a really digitized version of looking at your astro- astrology charts or something <laughs> like that. You know, like in Oculus, it was things that could be perceived in each and every way. So I don't think any people in this documentary were crazy or anything like that. And I, I why not ask big questions? Mm. But uh, I, I think there's enough crazy shit in this reality, <laughs> in this universe. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I do. I, I do think it's just people trying to make sense of it. And back then, it might have been worshiping the sun. And now, as Vinny said, we're in 
such a digital age that what if it's all a big simulation? Mm. I mean, the Matrix came up in this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the name. Yeah. What about you, TJ? Um, I, I was actually coming up with a description for this and I was thinking of calling it the realistic neo-listing nihilistic documentary. Say that 10 times real fast. Yeah. And I think it was like a real, not just a mouthful, but I think it was just like a mind expanding documentary because like uh, Noel John said, there's a bit of a thought experiment going on, which is, are we living in a simulation? There are three different types of theory towards that, which I think Dom will delve into in a moment. And this idea that the contributors weren't just individuals who were from the world of science, as well as um, stock footage that they got from Neil deGrasse, Tyson, and I think Elon Musk, but also they actually got people who were affected in their everyday lives about whether they choose to live by the the idea that they're in a simulation. And it tended to be like really tech people or people who are into programming quite a lot. And then the interesting thing was finding out about um, something called the matrix defense, which is apparently a criminal justification for people's actions because they've been overexposed to potential simulation worlds like gaming or overwatching certain um, videos or films or perhaps re-listening to the same song and over again that gets them into a trance-like state. So I thought this was a great documentary for our times and it's probably one of the last ones we can look at before we actually believe or don't believe that we're in the simulation well said yeah and that was an interesting case study that, that young man joshua i think mm. his surname or his first, first name i'm yeah, not sure yeah. but yeah and he did seem like he was he had genuinely fallen down a rabbit hole much like john hinckley yeah. 30 years before and, and he won't be the last unfortunately but it's just absorbing thought-provoking media and becoming up to the point of obsessive is the most human thing unfortunately like yeah, i mean he's, yeah. i thought like, it was an excellently med documentary even if it just it was a bit cuckoo or if you really bought it it was excellently mm. structured Do you know what? You know what? it was a rabbit one thing that i mean i'll throw this back out to dom as well but one thing that really took me was normally when you watch a documentary there's a very straight line between this is a person in an interview and this is a diagram or this is a graphic a module of something and this is somebody explaining it with a, a pointy stick and I thought it was very in it, it was alarming at first but I kind of got used to the idea of the avatars that were covering some of the guests face because at first I thought oh they're just playing into the documentary but then I realized oh but they're also protecting these people's jobs because some of the stuff that they're going to say over the next 90 minutes is probably sackable mm. or something that could end up in an in, in, insane asylum and what did you think of that Don? Yeah, I mean, that was probably the most distinctive feature of the documentary, just from a technical standpoint. And we should say at this point, the director is a guy called Rodney Asher, who previously made a documentary about The Shining, okay. which is another cult film which has myriad fan theories about its true meaning. So this is the Room 237 guy? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a good documentary. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Some of the theories are like way like off the chain. Yeah. But um, there was one at the end where they're skiing down the slope and they, they, they said that the person's shadow was cast to look like a minotaur and it wasn't. It was just a person's shadow. It was absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, again, it's a case of finding things because you're yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. what paranoia is. Well, that's what belief systems are. Because well. like, belief systems are normally set, uh, uh, this set out around a central uh, 
belief system, like a core uh, groupings of three or four different things that create that belief system. And the more and more people get involved, they have the more and more uh, confirmation bias. Yeah, and they just pile ideas on top of things, you know, and it just, when they start piling ideas uh, on, that it kind of branches out and branches out and branches out. And then, like, it kind of becomes more and more tenuous, the uh, the things that they try to link to it, you know. Like you said, you know, you see a guy in the Minotaur yes. because you're looking for something. Like, and, and, you know, and it's just, as you said, confirmation bias as well. Like, that, I think that the more people get involved in it's, in one theory, that the more and more the tenuous the, the kind of the, sure. the hypothesis sure. become uh, in, uh, towards the central core values that create yeah. the theory. Yeah, absolutely. So to bring it back to Asher, he's obviously interested in niche conspiracy theories, confirmation bias, and he's kind of on the cusp of being open-minded towards theories and gently dismissive of them but understanding of how they've come about and this is kind of expressed in his attitude to his interviewees where he creates animates these avatars for them that are slightly humorous but also Mm. i think in a way how they might choose to present themselves to the outside world do you know one thing I thought about as well? I thought they, because there's so many references in this, I mean, they must have had a copyright time bomb with the budget because they've got archive footage of The Matrix. They've got archive footage, I think, like Total Recall. They've, thank you very much. They've got archive footage. Of, actually, they've got in-game play footage of Minesweeper. Not Minesweeper, Minecraft. Minesweeper would have been the older version, I suppose, of this, if they'd made it 20 years ago. But they, um, I also thought the avatars were a reference to Warcraft in terms of the um, RP, I think it's called RPPG, like the in role-playing game style. So no, the mass multiple styles. online role-playing games. Thank you. Vinny, you are my new lexicon now, man. I've <laughs> <really appreciate> <laughs> seen that documentary, Second Skin. Super interesting. Cool, cool, cool. But sorry, back to what was... They actually did touch upon that. About I did like when the guy said, maybe I'm being... Maybe there's a god in of some description or maybe it's a 12-year-old <laughs> version of whatever this next level yeah, being yeah. or next level consciousness or next level digital master is. Like an abs- a child, with, like, you know what I mean? Or whatever their equivalency of a child is. And we're just in a very, very interesting sim kind yeah. of... It always reminds me of uh, Men in yeah, yeah. Black. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember at the end of Men in Black where it's like they go into it and the earth is like a marble inside of a pile of marbles inside a sack of this giant yeah, yeah. alien thing that's living on this far. Like, I just think that like, if you, if you start like looking, trying to figure out our own existence, like these kind of questions are mm-hmm. unanswerable because the only answers come after death. If they're the answers you see. Yeah. So the, it can never really be confirmed. They even say that in the documentary, the only way to confirm our hypothesis, whether or not it's, we go to heaven, mm-hmm. we go to hell, whatever afterlife from any religion or any theory or any belief system, the only way to prove it is by dying. Yeah. And then after that, you can't like send back yeah. information. Yeah, unless you're Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. But the um, the thing is, I, I coming to what you just said, I think I just realized that a lot of the contributors in this documentary were people who came to some kind of serene state and they hypothesized this themselves. So it seems like a lot of individuals, they may have been influenced or absorbed lots of uh, multimedia content that relates to simulation theory, but they didn't seem to kind of study it or have a theory that they were building upon. It was more or less, everything was based on an anecdotal life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hand Information. Secondhand information. I did like that guy that took the plane, and it was very surreal. This guy just took. Oh, that was scary! That cutaway footage of the um the guy who decided 
to nick a plane on his like was it a day off or something like that he took a week off or something like that yeah and he was like i'm probably going to jail for life and they're like yeah how do you know how to do that he goes i play games yeah 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 like as he's as he's gradually swinging the plane upside down and doing loop the loops yeah yeah but it's my girlfriend i brought her in to watch that just that bit with me and she was like wow that's he's actually crazy like how do you get away with that i said no no he didn't he crashed it into an island and he died he goes well then she goes what are they talking about then <laughs> a guy who doesn't know how to fly yeah, the plane out and crashed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because anybody that's played GTA understands that uh, flying the plane's the easy part, landing yeah, is the hard yeah, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think that maybe that was the only way he could come to terms with what he was doing is just like thinking it as a computer game. Because I think if he had to think, oh, I need to land this plane and the people are trying to call me, they're trying to help me land the plane because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, which levers to close yeah, down. It's, there's probably going to be a lot of like he didn't want to enter into that reality he wanted to stand to the reality of flying this com- plane is like playing a computer game which I think was a really strange uh, theory that he had I mean seeing it in play but did you guys know about that story before you saw it in a documentary? No and I, I absorbed probably too much news media frankly but that one went completely over my head I- I have to say I hadn't heard yeah. about it and I even just it was head. hard to acquit the voice but it was hard to acquit the voice with the person currently sure, in sure, the plane. Sure. I mean I mean it was because well, what's going on should be terrifying even yeah, if it's exhilarating yeah. and terrifying and he was just yeah I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it's the black boxes made the clarity of it. And the fact that there was no screaming passengers in the background. But I, I think there was another thing just to kind of bring it onto a lighter tone was like one of the contributors who was actually purposely in a documentary talking about how he had his kind of epiphany moment about the simulation when he was amongst a bunch of adults in a cathedral or a church and everyone was singing hymns and he was starting to think about how the human body works, how the organs work, how people make sounds from their voice and the fact that it was just like a weird scenario to be in and in sync with so many people doing such a mundane task as it were. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought as well the interesting part was, um, do you remember that dude that said that like every time he leaves people, that he thinks that they stop operating, like the, the, the NPCs, you know, that they put their hands out and they just. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I, it was pure delusional because at one point he said, "There's not enough. There's not like they can process seven billion people. There's so there's hundreds of thousands of an number." Yeah. And I was like, "Why not? Like, why, why? What? What? Explain to me why it stops at six billion. Yeah. Like, no. like, what way have you worked out the? I, I power? did. I did like the whole six degrees of separation thing that does it that is interesting because when you're one singular human you, you cannot comprehend seven billion people's existence sure, sure. you only comprehend your world and the small the small extension of your world mm-hmm. so like uh I, how many times like because like trev look when me and you met like straight away we had we knew steve jane yeah like yeah. how small is that world like mm-hmm. we're two different countries he's in a different country yeah. but we all know each other it's just that kind of smallness because people say it is a small world and kind of is it's an interconnected like, world in a very very yeah weird yeah you know those little kind of coincidences i mean one thing for me was i always believed in the six degrees of separation i think it's possible even in a seven billion population or however many is now world it if you pick the right six people whether it's your milkman your accountant or somebody you went to school with you can connect connect anyone around the world when we were kids do you remember that and you were taught, telling me about the six <laughs> yeah. degrees of separation thing, and you can no, it was like you said, if it could be a tenuous, yeah, because yeah. no, a rubber sheen, though, like because we went, I, we bought no, 
Oh, Robert Sheen. So he's a great mm, the actor yeah, yeah. from Umbrella yeah. Academy. He grew I up in, school he was on my school bus. Yeah, I mean the thing is, there's there's also the extension of that, which is the there was the funny IMDb game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, which is like every actor who's ever acted in the world ha- has yes. worked with him yeah. or worked with somebody who worked with him. But I think the thing that this documentary brought to my mindset was the fact that there may be a limited number of personalities. So this is going back to your theory about the processing power to kind of have 7 billion people and non-playing characters. I just thought, is it, are we in a situation where there can only really be like 15 or 20 different types of personalities around the world? Because anything more than that, the computer system, if it was a simulation, wouldn't be able to handle it. And that was the first time I, watching this documentary got me thinking about that for the first time. Man, that hits home for me because a couple of years ago, I came to this weird uh, theory that um, about DNA do you know when people say you have a double ganger sure. uh, and you meet someone that's like, identical to you? And I was think, I think, think, uh, thinking of this thing that DNA is like chemical compounds or whatever makes up. There's only a certain amount of different mixtures that can be paid. Like even though there's 7 billion people, there's going to be repetitions. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, you know, we have double gangers around the world that like two totally different parentage can make a person, two, uh, two different people across the world that look completely identical to one another mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like in the simulations you said it's like because of 15 different personality types like how many faces different types of faces do they have yeah. have yeah. and it's kind of like you know what i mean it's just like oh shit uh, well we got vinnie mark four we got you know what i mean like, there was one <laughs> yeah there was one part of that religion and this kind of whatever this secular belief whatever this digital belief i don't know i don't know how to well what's it called the simulation theory theory yeah, but one was the, one of the main guys that was talking. He was talking to his uncle and he said, what, none of this is real. And the uncle's first words are, then why wouldn't I just shoot someone in the head? Why wouldn't I just shoot you? And, I, and people have this idea that you need to believe in God to have some sort of moral yeah. code, that it's the own, that that belief in hell or whatever we have uh, in us Westerners is that that is the only only thing that stops us from going out rape pillaging and murdering and not the fact that we as actual people can not understand the universe but have enough ethics to not go out and rape and murder people and i thought when the guy said that he was going and he asked his, his uncle he said is that the only thing that's yeah. stopping you like right now because that is a terrifying concept <laughs> of what if what would people yeah, yeah. do if they found out that it was all bullshit but you know what i think that's i mean it, you might have some different fear about this don but i feel that being in America and the way they have gun control specifically, it's like the gun control laws seems to be the flip switch of I'm not going to shoot someone today. I am going to shoot someone today. Am I are they within my legal boundary to do so or not? And I feel that question is probably asked more in America, specifically with being this an American documentary. And I felt they needed that segue maybe to kind of talk about the criminal activities behind uh, that connected to simulation theory, as it were. What do you think, Tom? Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, that brings me on to a wider point about the documentary, because it did have many, many strands. And within the strands, there was an overview of Philip K. Dick, cult science fiction writer, and how the simulation theory informed his works. There was the central part of the documentary where these people who believed in simulation theory talked through the colourful avatars that the director had created for them. And then there was this third really sombre part that talks about the tragic true story of this teenager, I believe he was, Joshua Cook is the name, 
who murdered his parents mm. under the belief that he was in a Matrix-style simulation, yeah. and then terrifyingly realised that real life differs from the screen, even as he was in the act of killing them. That was harrowing. That was, that, that was harrowing. And act is the operative word, because he actually even started to dress up like the Neo character by buying the, the jacket was this flesh and blood thing to him. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. the long black trench coat. Leather trench the coat. It started with the crow, mm. yeah. I believed him. I like. I mean, I, I know it's easy because I wasn't connected to the people that were murdered. I, I had sympathy for this guy. Yeah. I think he did have what like, a simple, simple schizophrenia or something. He was diagnosed as having, and I do. I just, oh, man, it's it's very, very terrifying, and it does harken back to John Hinckley. Yeah. And it, it's something that's probably all too common. The human psyche can just reach a threshold where it just breaks or a tipping point where there's absolutely no stopping them from going into psychosis. And I think that's what happened. Yeah, with- I mean, I remember a long time ago I had a flatmate who had the Matrix on VHS, which is obviously shown in my age. But the um the the thing was, I remember there was a short period where he was unemployed, and he couldn't get up and out of bed unless he watched the matrix once before breakfast. And he did that like every single day during his unemployment. And it was like his theory and philosophy around the, how the world worked changed. And this is like pre online conspiracy theories. And I'm just thinking it's so easy to find people who probably watched matrix like 50 times or a hundred times in one year. And they they've lost their center of reality as a result of that, you know? Sounds like he was jerking off to the Matrix where he got up every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's possible. Maybe there was a bookcase and he, he had he had the Matrix cover on it, but it was really like girls do dudes or something like four Amazon chicks or something <laughs> like that. Wow. And you believed him the last 25 years. It's just all come out now. Origin of yeah. this psychosis. I was just because I did have people, I remember the Matrix come out showing my age as well. And there was just a lot of people going, What if? What if? And I was like, What? Yeah basis have you got for this you just saw a film yeah. calm the fuck down yeah but what yeah. basis is there for religion that's what they could say oh and i would agree you know, with them yeah for me the big difference for bad matrix to other films was i just remember yeah i mean i remember getting on the bus in mile end listening behind a young boy talking to his dad about the matrix and about whether any how does he know whether the world around him is real and i think the dad took a really long pause before he replied. I can't remember what he said, but I just remembered The Matrix was the film where people were openly having conversations outside of the cinema about it. That was the first film where I saw that happening. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was landmark and it was. It kind of changed how films were approached. And it did. It, it started this conversation that unfortunately I think we're going to be having like you said the only way you could ever know is yeah, to die yeah. you know and and just how easy it is to fall into a group mm-hmm. think and i think if i was younger mm-hmm. and i'd seen this i might have fallen easier into a group think but i live in a world where there's people standing outside a rolling stones concert waiting for jfk jr yeah. to come back and they've been yeah. holding vigils for a couple of weeks like that's the world i live in i'm so fucking yeah. fatigued yeah. from conspiracy yeah, yeah. i think i think it's a case of though like uh, everybody is so fascinated like the movie uh, Prometheus okay. and the ancient alien theory where, where and all these things that yeah meet your maker everybody wants to meet their yeah. maker everybody wants to know why why are we here why do we exist why do we exist in the way we do why are we so different from everyone yeah. around mm-hmm. us and every creature around us why do we know things they don't know that they can't they're so flawed they're so incredibly yeah. flawed yeah, you know, it's just that kind of thing. Like, you know, I think with the simulation theory, um, it comes down to everybody just wants to meet their maker, you know, and like, and then we, uh, whatever way it kind of 
whatever guise it takes, whether it be religion, whether it be cultic fanaticism, whether it be like simulation theory, whether it be multiversal theory, whether it be string theory, all these mm-hmm. different things. Everybody just wants to know why we're created and what our place we have in our universe and who made Even it. Even if it's a bleak place, answer. You know? yeah. yeah. You know. just want to know, you know? Yeah. It's like somebody holding uh, your test results in their hands. And sure. it's in a, there's no middle ground in my hypothetical, hypothetical, none at all. You're absolutely clear. You can go home today. Sorry mm-hmm. for keeping you. Or you have like the prognosis is bad and you've got three days. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, that envelope before it's opened is worse. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is that envelope not being opened. That That is so hard to live with and deal with. That not knowing. Mm-hmm. When you're being told it's awful, if it's bad news, it's awful, but you, you can write, I know. And that, I do get that. Like you would have that about existence. So that's how something, a documentary like this is made. And that's why it, I don't know. That's why I think it's so relevant. I really do. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, and the, I don't know. I think the kids are going to latch on to this. I, 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 is it a huge documentary? I'd heard of it, but I've yeah. never seen it. I think this is, yeah. I think another thing, just adding to what you're saying now, John, is the fact that I think this documentary forces you to ask a question because you need to say what side of the belief system you are on. Like you can't, you can no longer live in a gray area of not knowing yes. once mm. you found out about simulation theory or once you've discussed it with somebody. I might just guess, tell, just tell people, don't worry, like the vaccines aren't real. So just, <laughs> just take them. Don't, they don't matter. Yeah. Everything. Everything now I'll just use like this being real as, as to just make people do. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. Like, I mean, like you said, the gray area is diminishing. People are being forced to pick sides and and it's everything now. It's your political belief system and it's your religious belief system. And it's your what you content can, you consume, what, what streaming servers you, you use. Yeah, I mean, right. what race you are, and what football team you support. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. stupid. But yeah. but you're right. It, it, it's it, This film really does speak to the fact how the gray is the one thing that's disappearing. And that's a fact. That's something yeah. that you can you can actually using metrics you can actually see and that's that's very very disturbing have, I think. have any of you ever heard of Elon Musk's uh, um, like a theory that he thinks that like I think he mentioned on Joe Rogan that if we are living in a simulation that the the base uh, base simulation or the base, base reality world, base reality sorry um, is probably something like incredibly boring mm-hmm. that we're just saying these like grey monotonous creatures that like and the reason we go into these simulations is to escape the the monotony of the real reality like you know well i got into the wrong simulation so you know? yeah but like like for if if you think about it, like the, the higher level of understanding think about it, like when you want to play a computer game mm-hmm. you know what i mean you're just like i'm trying to escape reality mm-hmm. today today i'm going to be like some people play goat simulator you might want to play a first person shooter but somebody might want to be a farmer yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like that's fair so it's just the the variations of humanity and the life and existence in comparison to the variations of the, the way we ingest and digest content and experience gaming itself. I think like it does make sense that a simulation could be occurring right now because like of all the very taste people, I was like, Oh, I was a Viking last week. You played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just say, but like oh, this week I want to be a bank robber. So you play GTA, yeah. but this week I want to chill back. I'm just going to play some Sims. You know what I mean? Like, so, or you could be a football manager as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. and it's not a huge, that's another one as well. It's, um, what's the word? It's, it's removed. It's just you get to sit outside of it and watch months mm-hmm. and years go by. Yeah. Because yeah. you get, you try to take Ipswich to win the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. And it oh, takes six take years. You know, and yeah, more than six seasons. Probably, <laughs> but probably I'm just saying, it, it is, kind of, you get to sit outside of even time. It's not even like, 
like you said it's not particularly interactive it's not like a shooter you don't have to like pick up health and get ammunition mm, it, yeah. it's yeah. very much so sitting there looking at a bunch of numbers and it's yeah. so exhilarating to you. Yeah. yeah because it's about the details now isn't it because the the mundane has been overtaken by the details mm. i have this one friend actually seamus you know you know him yeah. and he's a lovely guy but like I mean, sometimes he t- talks to me about a game of FIFA. He played like he is 11,000 or something. <laughs> he's gone. And anyway, just say he's playing Vinny or something. He's gone. And Vinny tried to side tag. All right. So I pressed back. Oh, eh, oh, swiveled, chipped the ball over him. I went into the right. Of course, he comes out. He cuts. I line up the shot. Boom. Bins. Top right corner. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is real. But to him, it's like, that's what he did yesterday. If I asked him if he's got any news, that's his news. Yeah, like, how, that that mattered to him. Like, how old is um, Seamus? May I ask? May I ask? So, <laughs> it's something that I, something that I always thought about. You know, when you dream, yeah, and you go to sleep, and you like you dream. Oftentimes, you pitch yourself yeah. in yeah. different worlds. Like you're like, oh, I'm a superhero one at your dream. Like someone dream your whatever. Like you know, all these different roads you play out in your dream, sure. and you wake up, and you're back in. You know, you're back in Trevor's life, you're back in Noah's life, back in Vinny's life, back in Dom's life, all right? And I always thought about, like, what when you're dreaming? What if you're actually seeing a window into another multiverse? Mm-hmm. That, like, you're actually just, like, when they're awake, when you're asleep, you're just having a window into theirs and vice versa. Maybe they sleep, they dream about being Vinny or a different version of Trevor yeah. or a different version of Noel. And that On the other side of the universe, this is as the most mm-hmm. bizarrely abstract thing that could be imaginable, you know? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just one of those weird things because, like, sometimes you dream about the most mundane things, sometimes you dream about the most exhilarating things, and like it could be vice versa, like, you know, where like people are experiencing um, other versions of themselves while they're sleeping or whatever, or maybe the simulation they're, they're playing a different level, like, or some you know, side quest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Okay, guys, we could talk about this forever, but sadly, we do have to land this plane, as we like to say on this show. Yeah, I like that, dude. Uh, yeah. but i do feel like i should ask one more question about this obviously the um documentary covered a huge amount of ground but did you feel there was another avenue that could have been explored in the documentary that they didn't yeah oh see again because it was so anecdotal i thought when i was starting to watch this documentary that it was actually going to be about real life things that were seen and measured by met by ATM cameras, by whatever it was, nice. or something absolutely inexplainable happened. Mm-hmm. I was expecting at least one or two examples of that. And if eventually, I, I actually thought, when it, by the time I got to the end of this documentary, I thought I, that could have been 30 minutes shorter and I could have talked about just as much. There, there was filler. There was just like, here's my experience and here's all the things and here's more and here's more and here's more. But I wanted to see, what, what are these glitches in the matrix? I thought there were going to be things in the world that you couldn't explain. And they weren't. They weren't, there was nothing, there was nothing you could take away from this that you would say there, evidence. Philip K. Dick um, talking about it in 77 was fascinating, I have to say, Mm. especially just because of the year. I mean, Star Wars had just come out. That's it. That's how far back it was. Uh, That was fascinating. But there was nothing that I could just, there was nothing that messed with my mind. There was nothing that made me question because, again, it was anecdotal. So I would have liked the scenes, like glitches in the Matrix, in Glitch in the Matrix, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it simple. (laughs) Um, for me, I would have liked to have uh, something I believe in as well is that um, advanced civilizations have previously existed. I mentioned, I think I, sp- I spoke to you about Noel a few days ago. Uh, advanced civilizations, I believe, have existed and they've reached the pinnacle of their existence and they've been wiped completely out of memory 
because of natural disasters or whatever. And one thing that I would have liked to see them touch upon more is that uh, part of the simulation theory that we get to a certain level of advancement that when we're about to figure out the simulation, that we actually just get wiped out and then it's kind of like reset. Yeah. Oh, so man. that's something I would wow. have liked to see more explored more. Because, and I, if you can kind of incorporate that into the simulation theory, I thought that would have been pretty cool too. Wow, that sounds like a fruitful avenue for future research, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, TJ, what did you think? Was there anything that you would have liked to have seen in that doc? Um, do you know what? It would have been, I think because of the three different types of simulation theory that there was given, I think one of them was the fact that um, we're, in, we're living in a real future where the technology's advanced so much we've abandoned the idea of simulation. I think another theory was something disastrous has happened in the world and we need the simulation to kind of protect our minds and consciousnesses from the horrid nature of what's actually happened, such as the Matrix, nuclear war, Terminator, etc. And I think there was another simulation where there's an advanced species that just has control over our dominion. I would like to believe if... There's one of three simulations. The one I would prefer is obviously we abandoned simulations. That means we're always living in reality. But I think if um, the way the world and the news projects itself, it does feel like the idea of the Terminator matrix, we're being hidden from a horrible outcome of humankind. That seems like it's really on the cards or near the way. So it would have been nice to have seen maybe one or two scientists. I know it's hard to find argue those points of which of those mm. uh, realities was more true. But I think even if you haven't seen The Matrix and you're not into science, this is definitely a great thought-provoking conversation. It was excellently structured. It really was. And the, the, the graphics and the, how they placed everything and how they illustrated stories, it was it was definitely what I watched. No matter where you fought, where there's no grey. No matter where you fall in yeah, the yeah. defence, it's definitely a great documentary. Yeah, and I, one thing I want to add is the dude that wakes up from hypersleep in the ship that's flying towards the sun he's never making it to the control in time yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if yeah yeah I saw that yeah. he, he should have had cramps actually yeah yeah he's yeah. like oh owies Charlie horse Charlie horse yeah. <laughs> could you imagine like the whole of human civilization being wiped out because some overweight guy needed to warm up and stretch before <laughs> He he put a handbrake Hit the on. snooze button. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Like one more month. <laughs> but that that one I thought was kind of fascinating. Though, imagine if we were locked in a ship that's going intergalactic right now, and dissimulations to keep our minds occupied while we're going speed. crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going crazy. Yeah, so many different avenues. It's very like different. a slow a slow existence that we think is like eighty years, but we've been asleep for two hundred, yeah. three hundred. It's you, just to you, stop us from going crazy. Old five times, you know yeah. that kind of thing. Like, you know, bad luck there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it the possibilities are endless. Really, the the thoughts, the avenues you can go down that this sparks off are myriad and multitudinous. It really is a fascinating watch. So we do have to leave it there, sadly, but I'd like to say thank you as ever to TJ. Thank you very much. And a huge thank you to Vinny and Noel John from MDK Productions for joining us. Thanks so much, guys. Before we let Thanks you so go... Thanks for having us. I've enjoyed that immensely. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Before we let you go, can you tell us a little bit more about where we can find you online? And Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're so on Facebook, we're at MDK Productions 2020. Um, and Noel's over on uh, Twitter there as well at uh, Murder Studios. Carl's on Instagram, MDK, I think as well. 
Um, I'm really bad at keeping up with this stuff. But um, yeah, the, we we have uh, two podcasts, but we'll like talk a little bit about uh, uh, invasion of the poly snatchers, but and also this kind of horror sci-fi kind of centric podcast where uh, we not only look at classic uh, horrors, but we uh, we look at uh, people in the industry as well, and we also look at topical things, and um, we kind of like to kind of look at more recent stuff as well. We kind of try to do cover everything between horror and science fiction on that show and. Um, that's kind of why we wanted to come on and talk to you about Glitch in the Matrix because it, it, it kind of appealed to us. We we're big sci-fi heads and the sci-fi being bled into sci-fi, uh, science fiction and science fact is something that's kind of like prevalent in nowadays because of the advancements in technology and how good they've become and how discernible or indistinguishable they become from reality in itself, you know. Amazing. Well, we're so glad you joined us and please do check out their other podcasts because they are fascinating, particularly if you are a sci-fi slash horror slash popular culture fan, as I'm sure you are if you're listening to this show. So that's it for Dom's Docs. I've been King Dom. Join us soon for more Geek Sweat. Ciao for now.